I'm sick of this shit, man. No doubt. It's time to say no. Yep. No to all the lies. Most death. No to all the misleadings. I feel you. Etc. Etc. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. That time somebody stood up. Welcome to a very special episode of the podcast. This week we are recording our first ever You Asked and We Answered segment. So we had folks send us in questions on the forums, on Twitter, uh, email, and on Skype about Rock Band 3, and we have some answers. And to answer these questions, we have some special guests. Uh, I'm Brian Chan. I was a senior designer on Rock Band 3, and I'm happy to answer your questions. Sylvain Dubrowski, senior designer of Rock Band 3. Awesome. Who are you? Uh, HMX Henry. I'm not special. <laughs> not at all. All right, cool. <laughs> so we'll get, we'll get to the fan questions. You want me to read the question, then you read the answer, and sure. then Brian and Sylvain are going to elaborate. Okay. When will the Squire be released, and how much will it cost? Uh, more info about the Squire's release date and pricing are coming soon. It's a complicated and revolutionary product, so be patient. In the meantime, all the awesomeness of Rock Band Pro Guitar will be playable on the Mustang controller, which is pretty sick in its own right. Does lefty mode on the Squire involve restringing? No. The Squire measures where your hand is on the neck, but we're not measuring tonality, so your guitar can be strung backwards, out of tune, whatever. As long as you've lefty flipped and holding the guitar lefty, you'll be set for gameplay. That is exactly correct. Uh, but if you want it to sound you know, exact same when you plug it into an amp, you're going to want to restring it, which isn't that hard. It takes like five minutes. Sweet. Perfect. Um, this, is a, this is a question that I copied verbatim. I read that there isn't a pro-bass guitar controller. Does this mean that we'll be using the Mustang guitar or Squire's first four strings? Uh, you're right that we're not making a four-string peripheral at this time. You can play the Rock Band Pro bass parts on either the Mustang or the Squire, and yes, we reduce the bass parts to the number of strings you'd normally have on the instrument. So four strings for traditional bass parts. Absolutely. Cool. Can you guys explain why the design team hates bassists? <laughs> yeah. Why are you bassist? Racist against bassists. <laughs> well, we, 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 get that, we get that a lot in places I've gone. Uh, there's, there's two answers, I think. Uh, matter of focus, uh, just trying to get a really awesome product out for our Squire and for our uh, Mad Cat's Mustang. And, and the other one is, like, we don't really have any other instruments that have been limited before. So if we put out a bass controller with only four strings, you'll only be able to play the bass parts because a lot of our guitar parts use all six strings. So who knows what's going to happen in the future, but uh, just like with plastic guitar or the plastic bass peripherals, uh, they play both parts and so does ours. It feels really good to play bass on it. Mm -hmm. I, I actually think it feels more like playing bass on pro than for our old legacy instruments because the charting it makes it really unique. Like oh, that's cool. Bass players a lot of times you start at the root and then you go backwards and your hand, mm -hmm. I'm doing a hand motion but you can't see it, but your hand <laughs> actually plays a different way and I actually have trouble, more trouble playing pro bass than pro guitar because I'm a guitar player. Huh. Mm -hmm. And I should also mention that the whole, the whole allegations of Basism. Basism. Um, I mean, that, that, with respect to that, I mean, the, the strategy that what Sylvan describes as a hardware strategy, but within the software, um, you know, bass and guitar are basses in equal on equal footing with everything else. So bass has a full set of goals that you can go through in our career mode, and it has every like uh, privilege of the other instruments. So it's really not like. 
Absolutely. Like a little red step child or anything like that. It's really yeah. like equal footing. Yeah, every song has pro bass trainer lessons also, mm -hmm. um, and it has its own uh, unique few trainer uh, lessons within the that's right the the career path. So. Speaking of redheaded stepchildren, do you know who's been killing it playing pro bass lately? Our fabulous intern, Jess Brez. Really? Yep, she's getting pretty good. Good for her. Yep, so that's a little derail. Next question. <laughs> uh, what about Benz? If they're in the game, how will the Mustang do them? I thought we'd discussed this, question mark. <laughs> um, for the record, these, uh, these responses are especially awkward as, one, I've not read them, and two, <laughs> they were written by John Drake. Um, so At I'm, like 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm Europe. literally just reading off his bizarre like transatlantic translation. I like uh, translations. John Drake uh, responses coming from you. Yeah, it's well... Like, it's, it's a nice like, I soften them a little bit. Exactly. I'm sure it would be much more accusatory if it was John. I thought we discussed this. That's how I read it. <laughs> um, we aren't doing Ben's and Rock Band 3. It's one of the few real guitar-y things that didn't make the cut. Sorry, we did our best to represent those moments accurately in-game via other means, when appropriate, but there's no bending this time around. Uh, I should say that like there's good reasons for this. For one, one of our controllers can't bend. <laughs> it's buttons. Uh, if you bend them, they they'll probably be bending them <laughs> really, really hard with like pliers or something. You'd be uh, sending me an email asking how to fix it. <laughs> yeah, how to unbend it. And for the other one, the way our technology works is if you, uh, it's making contact with the fret and it's determining where it is. So we don't want to encourage bends because uh, we can detect it, but it starts to look like you're on the string below when you bend too much. So if you hear a bend, you could actually bend a little bit, but we don't want to encourage that. So. We have ways in our authoring to specify it, but we're not doing anything with that yet. Cool. Makes sense. If you have an overdrive pedal, will it work with the Squire? You mean a rock band overdrive pedal? Awesome question. To my knowledge, we don't have a, an, a 1 8 inch input jack for overdrive pedals on the Strat, but we will ask, i.e., hey, someone, ask hardware. <laughs> that someone is me. I didn't ask. Um, if you have an actual overdrive pedal, like a pedal that adds overdrive to your guitar, and you put it between your Strat and your amp, then hell yes, it will work. It's a real guitar. Also, overdrive pedals are awesome. That's true. It's true. So like maybe we'll consensus. Maybe we'll ask hardware. I'm more of a after this podcast. kind of distortion guy. Than oh, oh, okay. I, I to clarify, so people don't think I was lazy. I asked some folks from hardware if they could come to this meeting, but understandably, they're quite busy. I think John Drake's answer is correct. So, Jim just came in the door, and now we can ask him the question about the overdrive pedal because Jim, or HMX Chanat, is from the hardware department. Here's the question. If you have an overdrive pedal, um, like the Mad Cat's overdrive pedal, will it work with the Squire or the Mustang? Um, well, that's certainly something that <clears throat> we can look for in the, or we can work towards in the future, like in the game. As right now, it does have a mini jack, both, of the, both the Squire and the Mustangs are um, physically compatible with that and it actually has some interesting functionality in MIDI mode. Um, you can uh, set up an expression pedal uh, or a use the Mad Cat stomp pedal to sustain notes when you're playing MIDI mo mode, but uh, from a gameplay perspective uh, this time around, when we were building a whole new uh, hardware platform from the ground up, we took uh, we took some notes from our previous tilt solutions and actually went in and replaced that with a three-axis accelerometer. That's incredibly more accurate and consistent than our previous tilt mechanisms, and and as such, I, I there we never really had a problem that required us to have any you know 
we never had anything that you know pushed us to have a, an, an external kickbox to activate overdrive. The the mechanism in there right now is better than any of the guitars we've ever put out before, and uh, it's pretty solid. Awesome. Several folks have asked if the game supports capoing. <laughs> Capo. Capoing. Yeah. I don't play guitar. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, John Drake says, just when I thought I knew the answers to all the pro guitar questions, this is an excellent question we will ask. Again, i.e., somebody ask. And that's why I asked Sylvan and Brian to come in here. <laughs> Capoing works as such. We pretend as if the capo is zero fret. So if it's if you're capoed at the fifth fret and you were to play an E major shape, you're now playing the E major shape on the, the top of the neck where it's an open chord. So you can imagine the capo being there uh, at the zeroth fret. I wouldn't imagine that because I have no idea okay. what yeah. a capo is. So I'm imagining our, it. <laughs> I guess our general philosophy with guitar is you're playing, your hand positions are what the people played it as. So with drop D or open G or open D, any of those type of things, we want you playing like those people played. And the same thing goes with capos. Uh, a, a capo is a device you put on your neck of your real guitar, mm -hmm. and it allows you to play easier chords, the normal chord shapes you're used to. So okay. you, you might be playing an E shape, but it sounds like a G. Huh. Um, so we still want you playing that E shape. You're just going to be doing it at the, the top of the neck. Fascinating. Yes. Yeah. I'm learning all sorts of stuff. I never got that far in guitar lessons when I was a little kid. No. I don't <laughs> even think we have a capoed song in Rock Band 3's disc. But we, we have the ability, you know, and we've thought about it for DLC purposes. Interesting. All right, moving on. What songs will export to Rock Band 3? Is there any chance of being able to choose what songs we export? We'll be confirming this as soon as we can. It's being finalized right now, and we'll have info super soon. Needless to say, we're working to get as many songs as possible. And with the new library management inside of RB3, you can delete, hide, or rate down songs you don't like from previous discs. Jawsome. Will there be a full bundle kit for RB3, i.e. refresh normal guitar, refresh drums, refresh mic and keyboard? This is one I thought we had answered about 100,000 times, but it seems people are still confused, so. It certainly wouldn't hurt to clarify again. Uh, no, we're making the keyboard bundle in conjunction with Madcats. Beyond that, Madcats will be putting out some awesome legacy hardware, but the thought as of now is that it will be a la carte. Pre-order Rock Band 3. Pro charting. Will we be charting old DLC for keys and pro guitar drums? Is that stuff hidden in there already? I answered this to a few people on Twitter, but I figured it was worth including in the podcast as well. Uh, John Drake apparently feels similarly that we've addressed this uh, sufficiently. Uh, his response is, seriously? Haven't we answered this enough times yet? Pro drums will update for everything. Hooray for accidental genius. All DLC going forward will have keys, pro keys included, when the song has chartable keyboards in it and we'll be doing select pro guitar slash pro bass tracks. As for library updates, you should go to rockband.com and politely request which songs you'd most like to see updated. It's a ton of work, so be nice and be patient. Emphasis on polite. Yeah. It's good to be polite. Um, do you guys have any uh, designy feedback on why three years ago we did not think to include pro guitar <laughs> charts in all of our songs? Well, one thing was three years ago I wasn't here. So I <laughs> wasn't this either. is the major hitch in the plan. Sounds like a cop-out, guys. <laughs> we could have, I mean, there, there have been plans to like create some sort of time machine to to do that again, to, you know, go back, but... Shh, don't talk about our future game. <laughs> don't talk about our time machine. <laughs> yeah, that's not for people to hear. Yeah, I think it's... 
I, I think it's it's kind of it's a lot more work than people expected, and I think looking looking back, it's easy to say like, oh, well, you should have been doing a lot of this since day one, but it's like doing all that work in the hopes that someday in like the far distant future will pay off is much harder uh, than focusing on like the here and now. And we should mention for the keys, we don't often have those stems separated out too, so we have to like go back and re-get those from the labels and like remix them correctly for our format. So yeah. it's like, it's not an easy process, even outside of the work we have to do, all of the contacts we have to keep and getting the bands to sign on and all that. Yeah, yeah. DLC, lots yeah. of work. Another thing I, I will add, I think sometimes there's a mistaken perception among certain members of our playing audience that we're like this giant monolith of a company. I don't think people realize that we're actually pretty small and our audio department is pretty small and works like a bunch of mad men and mad women all the time. So, and we also don't have like a huge master plan that we're following, like a 10, 20 year plan. Yeah, don't tell people <laughs> don't that. Don't tell people that. Oh, I'm not supposed to say that. It's uh, in the but, time machine. <laughs> I mean, a lot of it is is reacting to you, so we keep things like kind of, um, you know, only planning for the the next game or whatever. But then uh, we want to obviously respond to what fans say, so you know that'll kind of change our direction from time to time. We didn't plan this. Not just what fans say, but what fans buy. So yes, speak with your dollars. <laughs> Pre-order Rock Band Three. Yeah. I think, uh, I think um, harmonies in Beatles was kind of like a big, a big leap of faith. Like it obviously works within the context of the Beatles, um, but then seeing how well people reacted to that, and like we hit the road a ton, and we saw like a lot of people that would come to events, and like we would always have three, three singers, and you know people were much more willing to get up when there was a crowd than they were like to get up and sing you know, painkiller by mm -hmm. themselves. Oh, totally. I remember that from the E3 where we showed yeah, up the Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, mm -hmm. so like, I think from Beatles, you can say, like, oh, well, people like Harmonies, maybe you should look at putting that in RB3. And yeah. so things kind of, like, they definitely grow from title to title. Speaking of Harmonies, this is another thing we've addressed, but we encountered this a lot on the road. People want to know a little bit about how singing Harmonies works in Rock Band 3. Is there a primary mic? Can you sing into any mic? How are you scored? We don't have a written answer. So oh, okay. We're just, uh, <laughs> just ad-libbing. I can take this one. I mean, it's exactly like the Beatles. Um, there is some extra like stuff that you guys did with the um, splitting out of the, the stats at the end. But outside of that, it's exactly like the Beatles. That's right. You can see how each vocalist did in terms of their, their accuracy and on, on the various different vocal parts. And uh, also you can have the three vocalists participate with the full band in our all-instruments mode, which is this kind of like mode where you can have up to seven players. It's really cool. Yeah. Other than that, it's pretty much as, it, as you experience it in Beatles. Yeah, you get the same kind of like, it, it's additive, right? So you get the same bonuses if you have other people singing and you're in harmony mode. It's, it's never like if someone else is singing and they can make your score go down. It can only help. Uh, sometimes it doesn't sound great, but it yeah. can only help score-wise. Constructive, yeah. not destructive, right. is yeah. the way we pitch it at parties. Exactly. There's no primary. You, you make the choice amongst each other. Like, I'm going to sing the blue, the melody part. I'm going to sing the high harmony. I'm going to sing the low harmony. It's up to you guys. Yep. And as people, I think, have noticed when we're on the road, you don't, you're not stuck with one mic. If I'm on one side of the room singing with one mic and Kyle's on the other, and I pass my mic off and I run over and take Kyle's mic because he's gone to fix something, like... You can still keep singing, doesn't matter. Or because you really want to sing the line, there goes a narwhal uh, yeah. in, a, in Rock Lobster, you can do that. Greatest line ever. <laughs> All right, next question. Um, can we have a detailed explanation of the career system? Aaron? Oh, jeez. 
Uh, we'll be talking about the career a bunch in upcoming reviews, but in short, we have a profile-driven goals slash achievements-based career that you'll always be banging around within, no matter where you are in the game. It's awesome and super fun, says John Drake. <laughs> Otherwise, it's sort of hard to describe in a few seconds on the podcast. I bet Brian would give it a shot, though. <laughs> In a few I seconds. think I think John said it pretty <laughs> efficiently there. I mean, it's basically kind of like a achievements or trophies like system. You have a variety of goals for all different instruments across all the songs. It touches your DLC as well. Any exported songs that we then eventually end up supporting will be covered too. And there's a lot to find in there. It's just like there. I think there are something like 700, 800 plus goals. I don't know if that's a secret. Yeah, no, it's that's an absolutely insane number of goals. Yeah, I mean, there's there's endless possibilities within the career system and it covers uh, modes too on top of that's that right too. True. so you can have goals that are related to your your trainers mostly related to your road challenges to quick play even to um even to customization yeah yeah that was one of the cool things that kyle was tracking when we were at gamescom and when we were at pax because we'd be playing you know over the course of three three or four days like 50 60 hours of gameplay so it would unlock tons of achievements and all these goals um, it's uh, just kept track of who's performing better on pro keys, on regular keys, like who was hitting just between like games, common packs, like who was better keyboard players, who was better guitar players, who was hitting more <laughs> notes, who had better, like who had better singers, who was filling out more harmonies. It was really cool to track all that stuff. Yeah, so you guys were play testing and you didn't even know it. Yeah, <laughs> really I haven't seen that. Did you, do you still have that stuff? Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, didn't we delete it off of one of the consoles by Ooh. accident? Nope, I still have. <laughs> Okay. Off the console set. And it's, it's really interesting to see because the stat breakdown is so detailed now. Like you can see, oh, well, the PAX people scored this many millions of points playing keys versus the Gamescom people who scored this many millions of points or hit this many harmonies. Like, really cool. Demographic information. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now these are some juicy questions. Uh, what was the original plan for the set list reveal? Uh, I think this was the exact plan that we always had yeah. to just this was, we, leak everything all at once. Yeah. <laughs> Seems to be our like common plan. plan. Do you want to read John's explanation of our original yeah. plan? John's more diplomatic response yeah. was, Originally, we were going to paint 10 of the songs on our bodies and streak through Warren Spector's Pax Kino. Uh, but our flub totally stole that beautiful expression of, of our joy from you. Sad, right? Oh, you guys don't get to see us naked now. I know. Stop leaking wah, it. Wah, wah. <laughs> I know, in the future, don't leak stuff. You get to see all the devs naked. Um, for break on through to the other side, is high censored or not? Uh, John's response is, what are you, high? No. <laughs> Um, I actually found that pretty interesting because that was the first time I had heard that version and I was really excited and I, I guess I hear it in the re-releases of that album it's a different mix where mm -hmm. they actually included that for the first time and we yeah. have that version well I think when we were demoing it on earlier builds like when we when we had break on through on the E3 build mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it was just she get yeah. she get was it? she yeah. get yeah. Yeah. it was the first time I heard it I remember she gets high and I was I was like whoa because you know I don't yeah. know the doors and know the story behind that, mm -hmm. so that's pretty interesting. At the time, you can't say that that word. No, yeah, it's fine. But I think by the time we brought it to Gamescom, yeah. so you in know, all like, the builds there. that we used, it was just she get she get she get. Yeah, so in like in that. in that two month span between E three and Gamescom, like something happened. I don't know if it was with audio or with ESRB, but yeah, something mm -hmm. happened. We got the blessing. We went ahead. Next question. Hot. This is one of my favorites. Um, do you know how lucky you are to get paid to talk about rock band all day? <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty lucky. 
It's digging ditches, I guess. Yeah. As someone outside of your department, I gotta say, like, I'm impressed by the amount of work that you guys do. Like, I am so glad to be in my department and not have to do your guys' job because it sounds <laughs> it sounds nice and fun and easy, but that much travel and that much lugging around in this equipment and hearing the same song over and over and over is not exactly as glamorous as, as it might look from the outside. And I definitely acquired a, like, a new level of appreciation when I saw you guys, you know, troopering it out at PAX. It was just a monumental effort on all sides. Taking the red eye back. <laughs> good effort on all, from everyone. Yeah, like Drake is yeah, gone like 28 days a month. It seems yeah. Like. Yeah, I've seen him out like at GDC uh, at the tail end of one of his trips, and he just has this fantastic ability to take 15-minute naps leaning against almost anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. But, we were demoing recently. He got sick from a meal, was throwing up everywhere, came and came back, and then like thirty minutes later, he was dancing with the press. For, for, <laughs> you remember that? Typical. Really? Guys there? Yeah. I think that was just me. That was crazy. Yeah, it was like last year at PAX when he had swine flu and was still rocking and rolling. Do you remember which event it was where he fell asleep in his bathtub? No, that was PAX. That was the beginning was of that PAX being last sick. Year? He, he was so sick, he uh, had like a fever, and he passed out in the bathtub. And Yeah, he came in came in late the next day, and he's like, I'm so sorry, guys. Like, I fell asleep, and I woke up in a bathtub full of cold water, and I had no idea what was going on. I think his kidneys were missing, too. I was, I was going to send John a preview of this podcast to prove it, but I don't think I'm going to do Ship that it. anymore. Ship it. We're done. Um... Before we go, Jim, do you have any hardware stuff you want to talk about? These are the fan questions that we were reviewing earlier. Do yeah. you want to add any of them? I've heard we're doing some interesting hardware stuff with Rock Band 3. One or two little things. Yeah, there's. we spent some time making some things <laughs> um, this year. No, it was, a, it was a good, fun time. I, I wish I had read these over, um, especially about that, that overdrive pedal. Sorry. Yeah, we did not prepare for this at all. Hmm. Um, do you have a uh, do you have a favorite piece of hardware for Rock Band Three? You know, I I have to admit that I I've, I've come to really love the Mustang. Really? Um, I, and I think for for a long time it was it was kind of this middle child, and and you you really had you know we started with the keyboard first, and and then we were really pushing the Squire. Um, when we were working with Fender to develop that, and, and the Mustang kind of had middle child syndrome, where it was it was just there. It went to class, it did its homework, and we never really paid attention to it. But now, now that I actually have it in my hands, uh, and I'm especially, or I'm specifically someone who doesn't have a lot of guitar experience, um, the you know the transition from playing five button gameplay to this this massive array of buttons isn't as intimidating as I thought because I still get the press buttons and, and it feels really really good to kind of learn and, and take those that, the muscle memory that I'm developing and being able to put it onto a real guitar and I think we, we really nailed the Mustang as a product um, and, and right where it needs to be um, from an you know, accessibility standpoint and, and it's a really cool MIDI controller too at the same time. Uh, it, I was playing with it in my MIDI program on the on the computer, and and it was like I had some sort of laser guitar that was bending all kinds of <laughs> notes with the accelerometer as I spun around, and it was pretty neat. So uh, I really like the Mustang. It's I'm really proud of that this year. That's I, awesome. I'm glad you had mentioned that because I want to I want to mention that too. Like from the other perspective, as a guitar mm -hmm. player, I was always down on the Mustang during development. 
um, because like I'm a guitar player. I'm like I would want the one with the strings. But now I'm in the, the other camp after playing with it for so long. It's so convenient, and so nice, and it feels exactly like playing a guitar for me, except it has like a really really nice weight. It's it's mm -hmm. it's wireless. It's really easy on your hands. It's just so easy to plug and play that I'm gonna be buying that one. And I don't know. People don't know. We don't we don't get free hardware. So like <laughs> we're actually gonna yeah. be purchasing this thing, and I'm going to be purchasing both. But I will probably. As a, even as a guitar player, be using mm -hmm. the Mustang more. See, that's kind of surprising. I, I would have bet that, that the keyboard would have totally been your jam. Uh, that was one of my favorite things when we started developing RB3, was you just kind of like running around the freak pit with a keyboard and like, have yeah. you played it yet? Do you have any keyboard experience? No? Okay, come with me. Yeah. And just like sucking people into like your, in your room and just like focus testing random people in the, in the dining area. Like that was, that was really kind of a scary slash awesome way to start developing the keyboard. I'm especially proud of it, but it's I'm definitely more of a guitar player, so just in, in terms of my interests, I like the guitar just personally. I understand, I guess. I have one last question. This has been asked, um, people have asked this at a few live events, and I think it's worth, worth bringing up because it would be great to have answers from everybody. A few folks have asked me, do I need to be an expert guitar player in rock band in the five lane basic play to be able to pick up the pro guitar? Absolutely not. And we, we focus tested with people that were medium uh, rock band players and some people that even had no rock band experience. Uh, like our goal was to get people that, for both camps, people that are like on expert and are just bored and like really want a new challenge and people that are not and just want to learn more about a real instrument. And I think you don't have to be. Like easy is easy enough that, you know, if you're determined, you, you can easily make it through all those songs on easy and then start moving your way up to chords on medium. Uh, we think that like there's both groups are going to be satisfied with the mode. Mm -hmm. Awesome. That's what I've been saying. It holds more weight coming from <laughs> real people. <laughs> You're a real person. Yeah. Allie's not a real people. I'm pretend. <laughs> awesome. Thank you guys so much. Totally appreciate you coming over and answering our fan questions for our first ever You Asked, We Answered segment. Um, and if you guys out there in podcast land have extra questions for the guys, feel free to leave comments in the zine or uh, send us voicemails on Skype, hmx.mailbox, and we'll make sure that, that these guys get to answer them and get you some answers. And Rock Band 3 comes out in October. Hooray! Bob starts to choke, it's like I'm in the gallows and they hold in the rope, man. You're free to say, feel free to say, you're free to say, feel free to say, you're free to say. Alright, ready? Hey everybody, it's the DLC Roundtable! Yay! It's more of a rectangle. Or the giant red... Retrangled table. Okay, what? really quick. Tons of tracks next week. And here they are. From Anthrax, we have Among the Living, I'm the Man, Indians, Madhouse, Metal Thrashing Mad. From My Chemical Romance, we have I'm Not Okay, I Promise, and Welcome to the Black Parade. We've got another 30 Seconds to Mars single, Closer to the Edge. Single from Atreyu, Coffin Nails. Single from Buck Cherry, Out of Line. And then two Doobie Brothers tracks, Listen to the Music and Long Train Running. Go. Yeah, dudes. <laughs> the dudes. What do you think the Doobie Brothers do be? 
Do you be? Sing. Do you? They sing. Do they listen to the music? <laughs> I'm into it. I'm, wow. I'm welcoming the Doobie Brothers to the. I like the Doobie Brothers. Yeah, world. they fit in really well with the rest of that uh, that scheduled mm -hmm. DLC. Yeah. Too. It is exciting that we have Especially two of our on-disc artists get a, give a little preview before the game comes out. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, Anthrax too. I like Anthrax. Yeah, they. Um, little known fact that is probably very well known to be outside this room. <laughs> um, they did some shows in Europe over the summer with uh, Metallica, Megadeth, and Slayer. Wow. Um, called Slayer. the Big Four That's shows. A hell of a show. It was the first time that those four bands had ever shared a stage before. Amazing. You know where you could play all of those four bands? In rock, band. in rock bands! Wow. In rock band. You can recreate those shows in your own living room. How many people died at those shows? Oh my god. You <laughs> should be careful Googling anthrax. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. Do you know you have a story? So this morning while trying to find out more information about anthrax, I accidentally Googled it with image search on. And that's a very scary thing and I don't recommend it. Um, and immediately following that, looking for more information on the Doobie Brothers, I went to Wikipedia and put in Doobie, thinking it was a producer. Now Christina's fired. Christina for a web producer. It's on the internet. It's true. Now IT is constantly watching me. Um, fun story. Uh, Mr. Pope, HMX Henry, and Alex Navarro, rest in peace, and I, uh, all got made fun of by two members of Anthrax a couple oh, months yeah. ago. That's adorable. Yeah, yeah. Scott, Ian, and Frank Bello, really big fans of people getting into rock band and girl power. That's all I will tell about that story. Wow. That makes the story not interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened. Why did you get Very vague, very vague. <laughs> um, it wasn't us per se. It was we, we had a little stage set up and some kids were playing. And the kids who were playing just kept like staring. They were doing the rock band face hardcore. Mm -hmm. And uh, Scott Ian and Frank Bella happened to be nearby because they were doing a signing. And all of a sudden they like asked everybody to stop and they yelled for us to pause the game. We paused the game. And Scott Ian just looks up at the kid and he goes, What's wrong with you? You look like you're taking a math test. <laughs> <laughs> and then Frank Bella looks at me and is like, we need some more movement from you. Got to work the girl power. <laughs> Interesting. And so I was they're like, awesome. they're about band involvement. Yeah, and I was like, oh my god, what are you talking about? Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Big immersive uh, metal thrashing rock experience. Girl power yeah. metal. Girl <laughs> power. Yeah. That's that's I think their we were, new their new angle that they're working. I can't remember what song we were playing either. It was like it was these kids had chosen sort of like a lame sort of quiety song that you couldn't really like rock out to either, so everyone's just sort of like bopping around on stage, but... Good times. Good times. Good times. Good times. Good times. Chuck first... Berry. Chuck Berry, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Spoilers, Chuck Berry is not coming to rock band. Yeah. Fish Chuck Berry, however, yeah. is totally coming to rock band. Fish, do you have a case of verbal dyslexia right now? <laughs> Sorry. The, uh, the lead singer of Buck Cherry hosted one of our Life Beat events a few years mm -hmm. ago at the oh. LA House of Blues. I always thought that Chuck, that Buck Cherry. It's <laughs> <laughs> a tongue twister. I always thought that Buck Cherry was just one dude. I didn't realize that it was like a, you know, I thought that it was like a dude called Buck Cherry. 
Oh, it's like, yeah. Like who names Buck Like there was Hootie, and then there's the Blowfish, right. and then there's Buck Cherry. And then the lead singer's name is Hootie, and right. the lead singer's name of this band is Buck Cherry. Right. Mr. Exactly. Cherry, if you're yeah. nasty. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My RB3 but band we're both on, we're wrong on both accounts, because that guy's name is not Hootie, and Mr. Buck Cherry's name is not Buck Cherry. Oh, that's no. sad. Because I was going to make a band name called Uncle Buck Cherry. excited about some of the other tracks this week because we have a highly requested band from the forums that I think people almost gave up on us ever having. Has so MCR? MCR, yeah, yeah, totes. My Chem. I toured with them like four years ago. Really? Doing what? I was just doing audio, visual, and tech work for that Sweet. particular tour. Wow, that's awesome. So. That guy is angry. Did you get into any night fights on that tour? No, that was a. I bet he would have gone to night tour. Shake free tour. Shake free in 2008. The only two bands from that tour I can remember were My Chemical Romance and Lost Profits. And Lost Profits are also in rock band right now. Oh, oh my god, it's like full circle. Um, and then Atreyu is the only band we haven't really talked about yet. And they're in rock band now, too. You're an Atreyu fan, aren't you? Yeah, I kind of dig them. I dig some of their older older stuff. Um, I have, yeah, that's the yeah, end. That's all I have to say. Cool. I like <laughs> Neverending Story. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> I, I, I was gonna say yeah. Yeah, that was, that was so good. Neverending totally. Story too. Not as good. No, not, that was, not so good. That was part of the reason I had ever picked up this this band's albums ever. I was like in a record store in Providence, and I see the CD cover that says Atreyu, and I was like. Oh man, this, the, I bet these guys are going to be good. <laughs> and you were right. It was like a whole concept album awesome. about the never ending story. That was so just much better. Say that. that would be amazing if they were actually like a concept band and a never ending story concept band. You guys, let's start a never ending story concept band. Called Falcor. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll tour with a Treyu. We should totally get the theme song, though, from Never Ending Story into Rock Band. Maybe we can like, talk to someone. I don't remember someone how that like, goes. When I'm thinking of it in my head, all I can hear what is reading Big Brother. What made me leave up everywhere? I don't know why I just sang it like Neil Diamond, though. Come into a Nothing's gonna get you. <laughs> 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 this is like a hair metal concept. <laughs> <laughs> this is fantastic. So the band name will be Falcor, and our first album will be called The Never Ending Party. Oh, <laughs> we can work it in like an Andrew WK angle, maybe. Even yeah. better. Something tells me Kyle has actually been thinking about this <laughs> for a really long time, and just waiting for a reason to like bring it up. Thank goodness that reason is here. Yeah. Um, Congratulations. What year did that movie come out? out? Oh God. It was like 20 years before you were born. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching it, but I think I was like three, and it was probably uh, old by then. You know, I watched it during the 20th edition. <laughs> <laughs> that and Labyrinth are like way old. That and Labyrinth. Oh man. We should also start a Labyrinth. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> we should all get John Purs and God pieces. To wear Glass balls. She says we don't already have those. <laughs> 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 this is harmonics, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I have a whole drawer at home just, just for my oh, God pieces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we do have that weird the storage closet in the basement. Entire armoire. Yeah. Full of God pieces. Yeah, it takes up so much room. Oh man. To end the to end the podcast, I think we need to have a quick poll. Better movie, Never Ending Story or Labyrinth? Oh, how can you even? No, you can't Difficult. say that. That's not right. That's like saying, like, 
I don't know, like, which one of your babies are you going to kill and then he... <laughs> <laughs> the ugly ones? Just, neither one of them. We're saying, like, which one of your children do you love? No, yeah, not like, yeah. going totally yeah. Sophie's choice. We need to back yeah, away quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so, Podcast Land, tell us, which movie do you think is better? Neverending Story or Atreyu? Or not Atreyu. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Edit Neverending Story. <laughs> <laughs> Or you can also tell us about how much you like Atreyu and other bands that are named after red movies. Or any, any thoughts you might have? That would be an thread. interesting thread. I'd like to see a forum thread about bands, band names from movies. Mm-hmm. Like, well, ask it. Atreyu and Go. Yeah. yeah. Chuck Berry, <laughs> Buck Cherry. Never <laughs> <laughs> said that theirs came from a movie. Or the name of their song came from a movie. Right? When you interviewed them? Oh, their, their song, the, um, the name of it came from A Night at the Museum. Weird. What? what band is this? A right. date I'm, I'm being wax, Larry. Larry, what, what are you made of? That yeah. makes so much more sense now. Because in the interview, they never mention what movie. Huh. I don't <laughs> think anyone would want to. I think when you're like a bunch of dudes in your 20s, it might be embarrassing. <laughs> wow. That. One-sided poll. Ready? Labyrinth versus Night at the Museum. Ooh, <laughs> 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 The one has David Bowie and... <laughs> the other has... Ben Stiller. Nicholas Cage. Exactly. Point proven. <laughs> oh no, I've seen that movie a million times. Alright, round table out. We are done.